I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? Hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello and welcome to the 2019 MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our review of round 26 and preview of round 26. This episode is brought to you by Red Dots, now available on a fantasy player near you. No, 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 no. Actually, it's brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the awesome subreddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Michael Denton, and tonight I'm joined by my regular co-host, Blaine Riffle. Uh, Reed is taking care of some family business tonight, uh, but we are still live on YouTube. And we're joined by our Patreon supporter and frequent chat commentator, Patrick Smith. How are y'all doing tonight? I'm good. Good. Uh, and I should also mention, uh, if you are on YouTube, you note that we are also joined by Grand Admiral Thrawn. Um, it in, so if you want to see Grand Admiral Thrawn, come join us on YouTube. Hopefully we get some strategic picks from him uh, to help out our tactics. Um, so we just finished round 26. It was a double game week. Although, for the most part, it didn't feel like a double game week because it was most of a double game week done. Um, how, how did y'all's teams do? And, and while y'all talk about that, hopefully everyone in chat uh, can start posting their So I'll start with you, Blaine. How'd you do? Uh, I got an 87 this week. Um, not great, all things considered, but I did hit the captain pick with Titer. I just went ahead and went with the double game week pick. And considering we were talking about possibly the Velo replacement or uh, Carlos Hill as a as a second option. Um, I will take his 11 doubled for 22 compared to a 5 and a 3 that I was looking at with Rossi as a potential other captain. Um, I mean, I had Reyna on the bench, um, and I completely missed the Dallas lineup, and I had Ferreira and Ziegler in there, but I had the money to bring in Hollingshead for one of my scrubs and replace Nerwinski and to upgrade Ferreira to Adrianowski or whatever, however you pronounce that. And I just missed that lineup being at a friend's 50th birthday party. And I mean, I wouldn't trade it for anything, but had I done that, my week would have been a lot more salvageable and I probably wouldn't be sitting at 399 overall right now. How about you, Patrick? Uh, had a 108 this week. Um, had the Tidare captain too. Um, I did not have Gordy Reyna, which ended up hurting me because my other mids that I went with were Lapalainen and Maximir Rales with a five and a four on them, which did not help near as much as Gordy Reyna's would have, but still a 108. I'm not complaining. Yeah, I, I was surprised because I didn't have Yordi Reyna either. Um, and Yordi Reyna was one of the two players from Double Game Week teams that actually made the Dream Team this week. Um, and I had neither of those players, the other one being Rudy, which I don't think a whole lot of people had a Rudy. Um, but I still did okay with 110, and mostly it was Dallas and Sporting Kansas City players that saved me. Um, I had dropped Reyna for Russell. Um, and that, I mean, Reyna would have been the better choice, but Russell got 11, so that's not, not too bad. I had Smith, who got 13, uh, and then a bunch of Dallas players. I had Andrasek uh, with 11, Barrios for 10, and Hollingshead for 9. So that was pretty much the, the core of my team. Um, I mean, the good thing is I also did have Bush. 
um, who got 11 points, uh, mostly off the strength of that PK. Uh, um, not a bad week for me. I've actually kind of gone up. I'm up to overall 585, which is kind of salvaging another terrible start to the season for me. But uh, in the heads-to-heads, I, I also got to win um, in our experts host league. Uh, I defeated uh, Morris, uh, 110 to 82. Uh, Blaine, you actually got a draw with McPherson, 87 to 87. Uh, that doesn't happen too often. And then uh, Reed beat uh, older goaler, 107 to 100. So I know Reed will be happy and will want me to brag on him, but I won't because he's not here and he has to be here for me to actually brag. Um, so what were some surprises that y'all had for this week? For, for me, it was the double game weeks being really, really bad. Um, I was expecting a lot more of Montreal, especially in that second game against D.C., with D.C.'s form being low and uh, Montreal having two home games. But what about y'all? Um, I kind of expected the bad double game week just because of the two teams that were on doubles. Uh, I think D.C. actually showing up for a game was a pretty big surprise this week considering the form they've had recently. And then, uh, of course, Minnesota just <clears throat> acting like LAFC was not the second-best team in MLS. <laughs> what, what about you, Blake? I, I mean, let's just go with the obvious one. Minnesota went into L.A. minus Carlos Vela and got a 2-0 win. I mean, I think I think I saw the stats on that one. It was like 800 completed passes for L.A. and 200 and something, 280 for Minnesota in that game. Like, L.A. just bossed that game but couldn't find the shots, couldn't put them in. Um, I don't know if that's credit to Minnesota's defense and having a really good game plan or LA's just lack of lack of being clinical in the final third. I mean, with Blessing, with Atuesta, with Rossi, with Diamande, I mean, you'd expect to see at least one goal with 800-something passes, and I don't know how many shots in this game. But that uh, surprises both ways. I think that's a big statement for both teams. I think it brings a lot, to, a lot of doubt to the mind of a lot of fantasy managers heading into this game with LAFC playing on the road here if Vela's not healthy to return and makes me wonder down the stretch if Vela's injury if they if they take some caution with him and don't play him right away what's this going to do for the whole look of LA for the for the next few weeks yeah I mean it's definitely a big concern and it's probably one of the bigger fantasy takeaways we have you know what to do with LAFC uh, after Vela and I'm sure we'll get into um, a little bit more when we get into the picks uh, for me, the probably the surprise result, I've, I've got two. I, I think the shocker was uh, Colorado going into Red Bull Arena and beating Red Bulls 2-0. Um, this was Fraser's first uh, first game as coach. Did really well. We saw much more of a bunker from Colorado than we have. They've been kind of being a little bit more of a hybrid. This was just, I'm going to sit back and hit, hit you with Jonathan Lewis on the counter, and it really worked well. Red Bulls didn't have any answers. Uh, the other one for me was just uh, Seattle and the LA Galaxy becoming a goal fest. Maybe that isn't a total shocker, but it's still fantasy and relevant. Uh, Zlatan and you know Jordan Morris getting a, a bunch of points from, from that game. Uh, and those are two teams which I think I feel like at the beginning of this season we're like, okay, they have really good defenses, or at least you don't want to target them. But I feel like that's been changing recently, and the teams have been able to get goals, uh, and they've had to go into shootouts in order to get results and, and victory. So that's kind of something that I'm taking into this week. Uh, obviously, important Seattle's playing uh, Colorado in one of the few games that we have this week. What, 
What about y'all? What were your big takeaways? Um, another one I've got, um, DC just looks better right now. I, I know Montreal is kind of a hit or miss team, but for DC to put up three on them on the road is a big deal, especially without Rooney. This has been one of those teams that's been in transition a little bit. And, you know, I said Ola Kamara could become a big mm-hmm. fantasy player before the end of the season, and there's two more goals. Um, I don't know. There's just like a new life in this team, a little bit of a new spark right now. Um, and a win like that will build confidence. It, you, may not, you may not believe in D.C., but um, coming off of some of the results they've had, especially a 3-0 win on the road, I look for them to have some more confidence in their next game, which is not this week, so the short week you can ignore it. But um, see what happens there, and definitely keep an eye on Ola Kamara. He seems to have uh, chemistry with the rest of the pieces around him right now. Yeah, uh, for me, biggest takeaway is just what is LAFC's identity when Vela is not in that lineup? It, it was a different team completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and I, I think overall this was a pretty good week to get like some differentiation in fantasy scores. I know we saw it in our head-to-head and looking through chat. It seems like a bunch of different scores. Uh, I mean, I see 80, 87, 78. Um, Christian had a 90 with a Lapaline captain, a 96. So, yeah, I mean, kind of scores all over. I see a 97. Um, so you could really get some differentiation, and I think that's something going into this week. When there's a week where there's a lot of uncertainty, or if everyone goes in on one result and that result goes south, like the L.A.-Minnesota uh, game, uh, there can be a lot of opportunities for games. Um, I, but, Blaine, I think that's a really good shout on uh, Ola Kamara, um, Probably we, and I mentioned him a little bit on Drosic for FC, FC Dallas. Um, he's continuing to start, continuing to get goals. Uh, and at five, I don't, I don't remember what he is now, but he's now up to six million. Um, that price is only going to rise. Probably someone at least you know to stash on your bench in a switcheroo after this week, uh, just to kind of continue to get price rises. Um, any any other players that we should look out for, guys? What about Philly's win against Atlanta? I know Patrick probably doesn't want to talk about it, but I thought that was a big uh, statement win for Philadelphia. Or was that a fluke for the Open Cup, Patrick? What do you think? No, that um, that actually was a good win for Philly. They deserved that win. Um, it's just you saw when they brought in El Senio, he is super sub for a reason. It, everything opens up when El Senio takes the pitch and they nailed us in the second half with him in there. Uh, yeah, and Mont- I mean, oh, Montiero being back is really stabilizing this team too. They look better with him out there, and now that he's back, I mean, with or without El Senio, because I know he's been lights out all season, being a sub and really making things happen. But the defense plays better with uh, Montiero out there. The offense seems to be rolling a little better. I. I don't know what it is about his play, but just him being that kind of extra midfield presence and linking front to back has been outstanding for this team. And with him back, I think they're a full, full on fantasy contender again. Um, grab these guys when you can on those good matchups because even at home against good defenses, they're playing well. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Um, <clears throat> other than that, I don't think there was anything. You know, too too shocking. Obviously, Dallas rolling over FC Cincinnati. 
Um, probably just some notes from this weekend. Um, Atlanta did beat Minnesota for the Open. Um, so that competition is now done. Um, Philadelphia and the New York City clinched playoff spots. Uh, I guess Atlanta will clinch probably next weekend, maybe even this weekend if the results are there. Um, so there's a few more teams that are in. I think Vancouver has been officially eliminated. Um, so I don't think it changes a whole lot of who's playing for what, but something to kind of keep in mind uh, as, as we go forward. So let, let's kind of move into housekeeping. Obviously, this week is a big international break. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, we wanted to talk about Patreon. That's how we kind of keep the bills going for you know what we do, pays for service costs. Uh, maybe we're kind of looking into you know getting new swag for for our donors and for our lead. Uh, maybe even upgrading some some of our equipment so we can provide better quality streams to y'all uh, in the future. I know if you were here earlier in the chat, you were enjoying us trying to figure out how to do this with the, the retaking off a little bit. So uh, Patrick is here because he's one of our Patreon donors. So I wanted to give Patrick an opportunity to talk to us and everyone in the audience uh, about why he thinks it's so important to donate to Patrick. Right. Uh, yeah, um, so I came into fantasy. This is my first year doing MLS fantasy. And uh, first started, and I was terrible. We don't even want to talk scores. It, it's embarrassing. Um, trying to find resources, trying to find resources. Stumbled upon MLSFantasyBoss.com. Um, genuinely, truly helped immediately. Looking at the advice on the keeperoo, switcheroo, alteroo. And then the behind the numbers series that Kyle does, the ELO rankings that Reed puts out, all the articles that are on there. It's not just the YouTube video and the SoundCloud podcast. There's all that other stuff over there on the website. And, you know, they do all of this to, just to try to help us do better in this game. So why not just give back where you can? If somebody's helping, help back. Yeah, and then that that's exactly how I got started is, you know, I found this trying to figure out, you know, what picks to make when I didn't know anything about MLS, period. Uh, and MLS Fantasy Boss was there for me, and the podcast was a great help on the subreddit and all of that. So, um, you know, if you, if you guys can contribute, there's a lot of great, um, you know, rewards if you do. Uh, but I think the biggest reward is just being part of a, a great community. It's a great place to kind of talk soccer. Uh, get to know people, root for other teams, and, and all of that. So uh, it's definitely a rewarding experience. And for all of you who already donate to Patreon, thank you so much. We really appreciate all that you do. And Patrick, thank you for contributing to us and being a part of the community. And I think we're all better. Uh, so now let's get into to the meat of the matter, which is we have a, a few games, five games in this international break. So that means you're going to have to deal with a bunch of absences and I'm going to go through all those absences but here are the games that we have. Uh, all the games are on Saturday uh, starting at 2.30 Eastern uh, those games are New York City versus New England Revolution FC Cincinnati versus Toronto Orlando versus LAFC Colorado versus Seattle and Portland versus Sporting Kansas City every other team is on um, there's a few games next midweek but we'll talk about about that next week. So let's go through all of the international absence. All right, for New York City, Moderita, Sean Johnson, Maxime Chanel, Alexander Callens. Now I'm going to put a note on uh, 
uh, Cheneau, which is something that I found out today, just happened on in New York City Twitter, which is that I don't think Cheneau actually went to his call-up. Apparently the plan is that he's going to join Luxembourg after Saturday's game, but that's just from literally from fans talking to Cheneau at training today. So that's where we are, injury and international set. We're getting news from fans talking to Cheneau. So oh, he may or may not keep an eye out. We'll talk about that in a little bit. For the Revolution, they have nobody. I don't know how they managed to do that, but they did. Congratulations to uh, Bruce Arena for being a genius. Uh, FC Cincinnati, Waston, Cruz, Etienne, and Excuse me. Before I forget on New York City, I didn't talk about Hebert. Hebert is injured with a quad injury. He should miss four weeks. So even though he wasn't called up for Bruce, he's still going to miss time. For TFC, the call-ups are Larea, Fraser, Osorio, and Telfer. Michael Bradley and Josie Altidore were not called up because uh, Burhalter felt bad for them because they were in the middle of a playoff chase. If you want to hear me rant for 20 minutes, ask me about why he called them up, not not called them up and called everyone else up. Preb, you will probably don't want to see me rant. Well, maybe you do. Uh, for Orlando, Miller, Johnson, Mendez, and Esquez. For LAFC... K, Atuesta, Palacios, and Zimmerman. For Colorado, Anderson, Bassett. For Seattle, this is going to take a while. Smith, Ariega, Rui Diaz, Svensson, Jones, Roldan, Morris, Ocampo, Chavez. For Portland, Flores, Paredes, Zambrano, SKC, Gutierrez, Barra, Nemeth, Hazlitt, and Russell. So, I'm going to need to take a long drink after all of those names. So, guys, what are your first impressions on all all of the international absences? Who do you think is is the worst hit by all of this? Well, you missed one as well. Busio's also gone. He's with the U-17s. I just double-checked that roster, and he's the only MLS player that could play this week that is being called up as well. So, yeah, that's another one there. See, MLS must not have had him on the list. Yeah, they might not. I don't know that they watch the U-17 line as much because <laughs> how many MLS 17-year-olds are playing here and capable of getting called up to the team. Right. But anyway, um, I'll, I'll just take off. Um, arguably, the two worst hit here are Seattle and Sporting Kansas City. I mean, uh, the rumor going around is Seattle may have 11 field players ready to dress for this weekend. Um, I know there's some rules on... Uh, an uh, extreme hardship call-ups from your two teams and USL affiliates, and I think Seattle's definitely on the radar for that. Um, and that's a just a huge blow to them. That's a ton of starters. Uh, defense looks mostly untouched, other than Smith. But the, I mean, it's it's now Ladero plus whoever. And honestly, being a KC fan, this is going to hurt. They've been on a roll: uh, three straight wins, three straight shutouts. But now they're losing kind of the heart of their roster right now with Russell and Gutierrez up the middle. Um, that's been a lot where a lot of their creativity has come from, and we'll just have to see. There's a lot of guys in and out of favor with the coach. Um, Ilya has been kind of one of those uh, workhorse players that never missed a start until this season, and now he's missed three starts in a row. So... I think that's going to take a lot out of the whole Kansas City team and a lot of the consistency they've been building on lately. Patrick, what, do you agree with him? Yeah, 
that those two teams definitely took the biggest hit. I mean, especially Seattle looking at calling people up from a lower-level team just to make enough people. And KC turning it around once they changed their formation and now just to have the heart of it ripped out, that's the two hardest hit for sure. Well, I'm I'm looking at Grand Admiral Thrawn here, and he looks like he's thinking New York City with his blues. Uh, and I think there is a case to be made there. Um, I mean, New York City's losing three out of the four players if it's back on, maybe two out of the four if, if Cheneau is, in fact, staying here. Uh, but that's a pretty big defensive hit, plus your goalkeeper. Um, I, I don't know if, I mean, I, other than, I, I think I definitely agree that Seattle's the hardest hit. I don't think you could lose that many players. Plus, I mean, we've talked about it before. Seattle has depth issues, and they can't take these kind of, kind of hits. And we saw it earlier in the year when Seattle really struggled when they had all these absences. I mean, I think Seattle would probably be in firm position, a uh, firm second position in the West if they didn't have all of these issues. But, you know, I mean, New York City losing almost their entire defense, I think that's going to play into a fact. For everyone else, uh, other than those teams that we've talked about, uh, there's absences, but I don't think super hurts. Um, I, I did read an article posted on Reddit about Portland's losses, but kind of looking through the roster, doesn't seem like it's that bad. They seem like they still have most of the core together, but um, I, I think those are the big teams that, that are going to be hit. Um, so with, with that in mind, are there any players who you guys are staying away from this week? Patrick, I'll start with you. Oh, hard <laughs> ball right there. Um, I actually, my first look, I had him in, but then going off of Toronto's form lately and the fact that he was hurt with that uh, leg muscle deal last week, Josie, uh, I think I've got to stay away from him, even against Cincinnati. It's just not worth it when you get other forward options that are more than capable of pulling it off this week. What about you, Blaine? Um, no, I think on a slim week like this, you've really got to open up the books and say whoever's playing is available. Um, there are some players like Josie to keep an eye on. Uh, great call there, Patrick. Um, he is a guy that's got a yellow dot right now. He is 50-50 on whether he's going to go as far as I've heard. Um, but he's in that second game slot, so this that really opens it up. I think you've got a lot of back-end players that you can bring in for the money, for a little bit cheaper, and I think you got to look at it, and you got to take your take advantage of the heavy hitters that are playing in those two early games, or those few three early games. Really, you'll get to see three lineups before you really have to go crunch time and make picks. And I really think you got to kind of keep an open mind and look at every single player that's available this week, because there are a lot of options, there's a lot of cheap options that are going to get some playing time, and some guys that are looking to prove themselves that have already done a little bit for us in fantasy. And now they're now they're going to get a chance to shine. For for me, my stay away player is probably um, for the reasons that we mentioned. He's not going to have Rui Diaz. He's not going to have Jordan Morris to to have outlet passes to. Um, without that many absences, I think that's going to really drag down um, his value. Uh, the other part about that is with the way Colorado plays. Um, from the one week we've seen with Fraser sitting back and bunkering. I don't know that that's a style that's really going to work well for Ladero. Um, I just think he won't accumulate the bonus points for his price point to make it worth it. And even with all the absences, the one thing we do have a lot of this week, in, in my opinion, are really good midfielders. So it's it's an easy pick for me to, to drop Ladero um, with all of that going on. Um, 
what are what are the big games that, that y'all are looking at for for fantasy points? Uh, Blaine, I'll start with you. What was that question again? Uh, what are the big games? What are, I mean, there's only five games to pick from. <laughs> so, so out of the five games, what do you think is going to be the biggest uh, piece of fantasy points? Um, I'm really looking at that New England-New York City game. Um, even if Hebert is out, which it sounds like he is, um, Matriza and Tati have both been fantastic going forward. You're not losing a lot of that offensive spark and the small pitch in New York, that's going to be really good. And then you take away that defense, and the the really strong New England attack led by Hill is going to come up. And I think this is a game that could easily go 3-3 or even 4-4, the way these teams are playing. And with it being in New York, I think that gives them a little bit of that home field edge for the offense. Uh, maybe they play a little more conservative, knowing that the defense isn't there, but maybe they just go all out and say we're just going to outscore them and not worry about it. And so I see, I could see this one really blowing up fast. Patrick, what about you? I agree with that one. Uh, I think one that may turn out uh, Colorado and Seattle, with Seattle being down so many people, Colorado at home, uh, new coach, you know, they're wanting to show everybody what they're capable of under him. So I think Colorado could put up some good points on Seattle. Um, for, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm still looking at TFC, FC Cincinnati, just because of how bad FC Cincinnati has been all year. Um, obviously, Josie's injury will, will play a big part in how much points TFC can get. But even with TFC's struggles, I feel like, you know, the best thing to cure anyone's struggles is to play FC Cincinnati, um, especially with them not getting as hit as hard at the call-ups as we're used to. I feel like there would be some points there. But, um, yeah, it's really interesting because all these games have questions. That's what we have to deal with with international breaks. So so let's get into the picks. And I, and I feel like, and y'all can correct me, but I feel like the Defenders was the hardest picks this week. Um, so, so let's start with uh, Keepers and Defenders. Uh, Patrick. All right. Um, just because FC Cincinnati. Uh, I've got Westburg. Right now in a keeper roost spot, and then I've got Steve Clark in that late game. If Westberg doesn't pan out, um, I know older goaler is probably going to love this shout out. But my back line was Smith, Smith, and Smith until <laughs> I saw that Brad Smith call up come in a little later and had to get rid of him. Uh, so now I've got uh, Smith from Kansas City, Smith from Colorado, and then I threw in uh, Jordan Harvey from LAFC. All right, Blaine? Yeah, I, just because you never know what's going to happen, I threw Stuver in there as the early part of a mm-hmm. keeper Um 4.9, that's not a ton to invest in a guy who, I mean, you're talking penalty save, faces a lot of shots, puts up a lot of saves. I mean, he could easily knock you a 4 or a 5 and give up a couple of goals. So I, I, I'll take that risk on the front end. I think if I got a 4 or a 5, I'd probably keep him knowing how these games go on the short week um looking at clark uh on the back end of that um possibly go with um Rowe or westberg on that too there's there's a lot of options here and really if you don't like the first score just pick somebody who's starting the next game and go with it i don't we always talk in this section about clean sheet shouts um i think portland's one of my clean sheet shouts and you know, really, I don't see another one. Maybe Colorado gets one with Seattle missing so many players. But 
I don't know. I just don't. I don't necessarily see a lot of clean sheets here, even for Toronto on the road. I mean, it really depends on what if Pozuelo even plays and what team we get coming out there. Um, so yeah, not really any clean sheet shouts. So take your chances for bonus points, and that's why Stuver is definitely on going to be on my roster at least on the sub spot. To see what he gets because I think he's going to face as many or more shots than anybody else this week. As far as my defenders go, um, right now I've got some placeholders in there to see who starts. Um, I'm going to have a Portland defender, budget allowing. Right now I've got Tuiloma in there. I think at 4.9, the way he's been playing, if he's going to play, it's been good. Uh, There's a couple options ahead of him, but they're a lot more expensive. Um, I do have Beta Shore in there for LAFC. Again, if money's there, I'm going to upgrade him to a little bit better player. And then I'm probably going to go with one Toronto defender. Currently it's Mavinga, but you never know who's going to start. So kind of wait and see and roll the dice on that one. Um, y'all are pretty similar. Uh, I have a, a Stuver Westberg keeper. Um, you know, for me, it's the easiest thing, Stuver, at being the very first game. Um, I don't know if he has the best clean sheet shout. Uh, I mean, really, your only other option is would be to do a Westberg uh, Clark switcher. Uh, with the timing of it. Um, other picks, uh, Tuloma from Portland, uh, Jay Smith from Sporting Kansas City, uh, Harvey, and then a name I, I didn't hear anybody say is Abdul Salam for Seattle. Uh, the main reason I have him in there, $4 million. I think he's pretty much a starter with what's going on this week uh, for Seattle. So, I mean, I know Colorado scored, but I mean, Colorado does have defensive problems. Can I see a clean sheet shout? Yeah, so he and Smith are on my bench. Kind of see if some some magic happens and I get a clean sheet um, as part of the auto room. Um, now we come to midfielders. I said earlier, I think there's a lot of midfielders. Blaine, you nodded your head. So which midfielders do you have this week? So I disagreed with you a little bit, and I do like Ladero this week, given the way the rest of the teams are lined up. Um he may not have all of his targets, but I think he's going to see a lot of the ball, and this is a good chance to get a lot of bonus points. Um, I could be wrong with the way Colorado plays, but um, it's just I think given everybody else who's here, I really think he's worth a shout again. But then, yeah, you talk about go heavy in the midfield. Uh, Maxi Morales, Diego Valeri, and Carlos Hill are all three in my lineup for this one. Um, go big or go home on this week i didn't trust all the forward options so let's just spend the bulk of my money here and that leaves uh jonathan lewis as well on the bench at 7.4 for colorado he's been coming on strong they're going to be missing a couple of playmakers with rubio and kamara called up so that that's really going to open up the game for him to shine and give a chance to really go forward and kind of run this offense a little bit from the wing and he's been, he's been scoring some goals already for him, so I look for him to continue that. Um, for the record, I do have Ladero in there, but he is on the bench along with Lewis to see kind of who gets the better of those two scores and see what happens here. Patrick? Yeah, um, pretty much exactly the same as Blaine, except I've got Pozuelo in instead of Ladero. Kind of the same situation, just you don't know what he's going to do, but he's on the bench in an auto respot if he does pull something out. Uh, Valeri, Maxi Morales, Carlos Hill, and Jonathan Lewis are my others. So he already hit all the key talking points. Yeah, and I mean, that that's me too. Hill, uh, Lewis, Morales, Pozuelo, and Valeri uh, for, for me. Um, so, so, so four. 
Oh, I wanted to jump in here while we're talking. Um, Shannon just said, uh, what about Orlando? And Matt followed oh, up gonna... with, Orlando has played good defensively. <laughs> um, I, I noticed none of the three of us pulled any LAFC midfielders here. I know they've got a couple of call-ups, but the one glaring name that's missing from our list right now is Blessing. Yeah, and I mean, for 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 me, and I mean, I was going to mention it kind of as an overall once we got to forwards with, with Val uh, and, and all of that about LAFC, but I think that is one of the more interesting games, um, and Matt points it out in, in the chat. Orlando, for, for all their faults, has been pretty good defensively, um, and, and they're not too bad at home. So I'm assume, assuming Vela's missing this week too. So I'm not super excited. And then when you add in no Atuesta, no K, you know, they're, they're just not my first choices um, everywhere. I mean, honestly, you know, someone mentioned, I think I'm, if, if Orlando's defenders were priced a little better, I might go with an Orlando defender this week. But, you know, that's kind of my thoughts on it. I, I just, it's not a great match. If Vela was here, it might be a totally different ball. Game. They've got a, with Vela out, they've got too many key absences against a decent defensive team. That's also death. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I considered blessing, but with all the unknowns, it just, and the other options that were seemingly a lot safer, it's just better to leave them out. Yeah. I, I'll finish it off. I think one decent bench option to look at this week at 6.7 is Lee Wynn. Um, I, I I would say he's one of those guys that if he gets to start, he's a guy that's playing for his career, playing for his job. Um, maybe not with LAFC, but to put himself back on the map and possibly into the transfer market so he can go somewhere and start because I don't think there's a chance for him to start barring a couple of key sales from LAFC between now and next season. Um, so he's a guy that I would expect to showcase really well if he gets to play, just because he's playing for a potential starting spot with another team next year. All right, all right so let's get for, get to four. Uh, let me ask you that this court. Well, let's get to your picks, and then I'll ask you what to do, what you're going to do about Vela, or the Vela conundrum. <laughs> uh, so Patrick, who, who do you have? Uh, currently, I've got uh, Brian Fernandez. He um, has been a little slack lately, but he's still you know, got 10 goals in 15 games. So, you know, hoping he comes back through in there and Gustavo Bow. Because, I mean, you know, in my CFC, he is missing a lot on that back line, and you got that Hill and Bow combination that has every opportunity to just eat points away. And then uh, on the bench, I've actually got Tati Castellanos. Mm-hmm. All right, Blaine? Yeah, I'm going with a little different approach here. Um, I think if Tati should be starting, so I'm going to throw him in there at 7.6. That's just too good of a value to pass up on a short week, and he has been on fire lately. And then I'm kind of running a, a one here. with I've got Josie in my lineup. I'm hoping he will be ready to go and, and start. And if he if he does, I'm going to leave it alone. If he doesn't, I'm going to switch that one to Brian Fernandez and see what and roll the dice there. Um, he's been hit or miss on the starts lately. He has been putting up good numbers when he does start. Um, but against a depleted Kansas City team, I really think you got to roll. You got to roll from Josie to him. And Ibobasi is also there in that last game. And if it's not Fernandez, it's Ibobasi starting. And 
either one of those are going to be a pretty good shout this week. I would trust either one of them. And so that's that's kind of the plan there. And then I went ahead and threw Shin Yoshiki on my bench at 5.8. Without Kamara and without Rubio, he's pretty much a lock to start for Colorado. Um, at home, at altitude, against a depleted Seattle side, um, roll the dice with him. Um, honestly, I think he's a good shot just or shot just to put in your lineup as a starter. Um, but I'm running with uh, two other forwards, so I'm going to throw him as a cheap option on the bench. But I could definitely see him with um, being one of your one of the top three, top five scores of the round with a really good game. Uh, yeah, I, actually, I think Blaine had what I'm pretty much the exact same. Um, I have Tati Castellanos on my bench, mostly because right now I just have a single um, auto route and I can just scrub out like Lewis or somebody to let him in, or depending if Josie plays. And I do have Josie in my starting line um, to kind of see if he plays. Uh, and I have Bo. Um, and if Josie doesn't play, my plan is to switch him to Fernandez, just like Blaine, uh, kind of for the same reasons. So, so let me ask uh, you, you guys a few questions. Um, if we get some positive news about will you rearrange to get Bell in your So I'll jump in on that. Um, Vela is in my plans for this week. Um, I actually built kind of around this. Um, if Vela plays, I can easily scrub out Shinyashiki. If I mean, assuming Josie plays, um, I'll have Tati and Josie up top. I can scrub out Shinyashiki. I love his upside, but if Vela's playing, I think you really have to have Vela this week. Um, the Ladero money, Ladero gets dropped in a heartbeat for um, Vela this week. Um, that le- that opens up a spot. Um, it could be a Seattle spot. It could be a Colorado spot. It could be even Orlando or a or blessing at that point. But I, I've got the plans where Ladero's kind of my fallback. He plays that later game. He's going to be sacrificed for Vela if I see Vela's in the lineup. And then I kind of pick and choose based on the way the rest of the lineups go and see what happens for that fifth midfielder spot. But that, that fifth spot is a bench option. Um, I think Colorado's got one or two that may work. Um, Orlando's got a couple of guys that I would like. And I mean, again, I, I plugged him earlier. Lee Wynn is a definite. If Bella's playing, I could that really ups the value for Lee Wynn this week too. So I, I've kind of got a fallback plan, but I did build my roster with the money on the back end where I could switch to Bella if I do see him start. What about you, Patrick? Yeah, um, I've got the money left over in the bank to swap out just about anybody uh, for Villa if it comes to it. I don't really see him playing, but I've got that plan in place. If he is in that 18, then I'll make the move for it. Yeah, I, honestly, I don't have the money for it. I'm still a little on the poor side. I'm only like 121.9. Um, so I can't, with as much money as I spend in midfield at the moment, I don't think I can swing it. I mean, I'm probably my only one to scrub out would be if I reduced G. Smith for something cheaper. Um, wouldn't be really a whole lot. Um, other options, um, if Josie doesn't start, my boy, Patrick Mullins, 4.3 against Cincinnati. I think you could probably do worse to have him on your bench. I don't think he's been consistent enough for you to have him on your team. Unless you're super awesome, which I'm not super awesome this year, so I don't have him on my hand. But you know, if you're if you're struggling price points, if maybe you know you missed a few weeks, I, I think you could do worse than having him on your bench as part of an auto. Really. 
uh, at 4.3 against the Cincinnati team that likes to give up goals and chances. Um, other ones, um, kind of players to, to, to go through. Um, we talked about Lewis. Um, any other players y'all y'all want to kind of mention? Maybe someone in chat. Um, no one from FC Cincinnati at a home game. No one to go with cheap FC Cincinnati defender. Especially if, if Josie is out. Anyone want to take that? I don't think he can this week. Yeah, probably not. But I, I, I could see someone having fun. Um, is anybody interested in Orlando defender? If I could afford him, yeah. Uh, the way the midfield and the forward line ran, I just couldn't afford anybody better. Um, I would probably put one of their defenders right behind the Portland defenders. I mean, you've got Viafania at eight million. Um, let me scroll up. And Morera at eight point nine. I mean, I think those are two of your probably best shout defenders this week. But that is a lot of money when we're talking about expensive midfielders. Um, but yeah, um, Orlando's defenders, if Bell is not playing, would definitely be on the list. I would take them over a Graham Smith or a Mavinga or a Beta Shore this week. But I just I don't have the money for it. But yeah, there's a there's some good options, especially getting forward for Orlando. That if you can afford them. Um, I would definitely plan on having at least one of them in your lineup and ready to go. Let, let me throw out another name from Orlando that we haven't mentioned, which is surprising considering how good he was early. Nani at 9.1. Anyone interested in that as a differential pick? Um, I actually looked at Nani early on, but considering matchups and everything, I ended up uh, giving Lewis that spot just because I like that matchup a little bit better. It's not a bad shout. Yeah, depending on what lineup we see from LAFC and just how crazy it is with Vela out and assuming Vela's out, I, at this point, I, I'm kind of at the coin toss. I put Ladero in because he's so steady with bonus points and he's just been kind of a workhorse. But I could definitely see downgrading Ladero to Nani for that bench role and then throwing that money at a guy like Morera or Viafania for Portland and upgrading to Loma at that point. And that may be one of the better shouts this week for that kind of combo. But it's all a trade-off. I don't like to spend as much money on the back, but it could definitely happen for me this week. And... I just kind of want to see the lineup on that first game before I pull the trigger on a Nani over Ladero. Yeah, I mean, and that's the problem. Nani's had a little bit of a downward turn, and there's so many midfield options this week. But, I mean, if you're trying to kind of make up ground, go differential. Um, if, if LAFC kind of puts out a bad lineup, which maybe they will because, you know, Bob Riley just wants to get people some rest and get them in good shape because you know these games really don't matter for them until uh, mid-October. You know, I, I can definitely see it, but I mean, I think that's kind of something that you're going to have to do um, with with all of these games to kind of check the lineup. I mean, most of these teams are going for something, but LAFC is one of the few that don't. 
are at least one of the few that you actually want fantasy players from that don't. Uh, NC Cincinnati, I don't know of anyone that you would really want unless you just want a cheap defender. And like I said, you have Abdul Salam at $4 million. So I think that's probably the better route if you need a cheap defender. Uh, can Dwyer finish Nani's chances? The answer is no. Dwyer cannot finish anyone's chances. Um, that might go down as one of the worst trades in MLS history, in my opinion. Credit to Peter Vermees for making that trade and then not doing much with it. Um, all right. Well, that is all that I have. It's obviously a short week, only five games. But um, You're missing weeks. a key section. Oh. Yeah, captain's picks. <laughs> well, you know what? It would have helped if you all had pointed it out that I was missing on the run down. <laughs> so uh, who's your captain pick, Blaine? I've currently got it on Valeri. Um, I think Kansas City being one of the more depleted teams and um, Valeri being one of those premium players. Um, really got to look at it. Uh, I mean, you've got a couple of shouts from Colorado. I mean, Lewis and Shinishiki are both really high on my list. But do I really want to captain a sub-8 million player this week? And I just I don't think you can captain a sub-8 million player when you've got a guy like Valeri playing against another pretty strongly de- depleted team. So I'm going with him. That said, I will leave the caveat that depending on lineups in earlier games and if uh, Josie and Pozuelo are both playing, I could definitely see switching that armband up to a Josie or somebody in one of those early games because the lineups are facilitating that, and that's one of the reasons why it's on Valeria, so I have the longest time to make a change if I want to. But um, more than likely, it's going to stay with Valeria. Patrick? Yeah, um, I'm going back and forth between two choices right now, Valeria being one, uh, the other being Maxi Morales playing at home. It's hard to go against Maxi. He's going to get a ton of bonus points in that game. So going between the two right now, it's on Maxi Morales, but it's very tentative and changes about every two seconds. Hmm. Uh, for me, I have it on Valeri. Uh, the reason I didn't go with Maxi Morales is because I kind of want to see that lineup for um, is If if Chano is is available and it's Ibiega, uh, sweat and tenor home and, and ring a kind of playing defensive midfield. I don't mind it as much, but if Chano is not actually part of it, or if there's a reduced lineup where ring is kind of playing as a center back, I usually mean Maxi is dropped further back and he doesn't get as many. So that's kind of what I want to double check on. Moreover, I mean, New England Revolution is one of the few teams that's like really intact, whereas Valeri is going to be at home against a depleted Port City team. Um, so that's why I have the armband on Valeri. Um, so yeah, I mean, honestly, if, if New York, if Snow is not able to make, um, I might be tempted to put it on heel, uh, because it's a lot of depleted defense for a motivated uh, New England team. But, um, yeah, and it seems like from chat, we got a, a shout for Valeri, uh, two for captain. So, um, yeah, so this is weak. Do not always captain Vela. But let me ask you this. If, if Vela does play, you captain Vela? No, no, no. That I mean, if it if it's legitimately a hamstring injury and he's going to be coming back, uh, he could be done in fifteen or thirty minutes as well. I mean, one slight tweak and he's coming off. Um, I don't think you could risk it for Vela over Valeri versus Kansas City, the way they're playing. You just don't risk it. Yeah, and I mean, I I can't imagine that Vela is actually going to play this week. There's there's no reason. 
I mean, LAFC is like a game or two away from clinching the supportership. So I don't know why you would play them. Just get them healthy for the playoff. But the, we'll see. I've seen teams play players before when they didn't need to and get burned. The only reason Valeri will play is because Valeri wants the records. I mean, Vela? That's yeah, Vela. Sorry. The only reason, yeah, he wants those records. I mean, he seemed frustrated when he got subbed off that one game. Um, He's kind of shown some emotion with scoring and the records. Um, I don't think he's liking having to sit out for injury. I think he wants those records. Um, Zlatan and Martinez are inching closer to the goals tally with him sitting on the sidelines. Um, I know he wants to get back and secure that, secure the golden boot, push for that record. And I could see him trying to fight his way back in sooner rather than later. Because of that, the question is, is Bradley going to let him do it? But I don't think it's going to be this week, but um, he could surprise us and come back because he really does seem hungry for those records. All right, well, guys, is there any other parts of the rundown that I missed? Going, going twice. Sold. All right, well, let's get get plugs. Uh, Patrick, tell the people where they can. I know one person in chat wanted to have a beer with you. <laughs> um, find me if you're down in the bottom southeast corner of Alabama. Just come look me up. We'll, we'll go have us a beer. Um, now you can feel free to. Hit me on Twitter, YouTube, uh, at CaptainHowdy5150 on Twitter, and uh, Patrick N. Smith on Facebook. And I will get killed if I don't give a shout-out to my fantasy league, the Fire Breathing Rubber Duckies. They were all expecting a shout. So, <laughs> what's up, guys? Hey, we love those those leagues. Those are what keep players invested here. Um, I've got the Tacos League, which has a couple of our chat regulars. I mean, RJ Gage is playing in that one with us. Jessup's been on, or Jessup, whichever name you know him as. He's been on the show a couple of times. Um, we love those homebrew leagues. So, Fire Breathing Duckies, that is an awesome name. Um, <laughs> are, are you leading I've got a the Fire of that Breathing Duckies? I am leading the Fire Breathing Rubber Duckies. I think I'm about right at 100 points ahead right now. It's a pretty safe lead at this point. Do you have have anything else? Oh, I got a question for Patrick. Do you have one of those crazy fantasy bets for the loser, like, got to get a tattoo of a fire-breathing rubber ducky or something like that? Because that would be an awesome tattoo to get out of a loss. We don't have anything crazy. We're new and just trying to get our little league built up as much as we can local right now, but I mean, I'm, I've thought about a fire-breathing rubber ducky tattoo just to have because that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that should definitely be like a traveling trophy. Whoever has it just gets the fire-breathing rubber ducky and it goes from every year. I mean, that's got to happen. I, I want a fire-breathing rubber ducky. Blaine, that's what we need our Patreon funds to go to. What are you talking hey. about? Hey, I'm all for it. I actually work at a place that's all duck-themed, and at the top of everybody's cubes are rubber duckies, and they do different ones to commemorate different events in the company's history. I've got a couple of them, but if I had a fire-breathing rubber ducky to put on the top of my cube, I would be—I would have one of the best ducks in the place out of about a 1,000 ducks I've seen on the shelf. So if somebody makes a fire-breathing rubber ducky, count me in for one. Like, I want one of these. <laughs> they do exist. 
Oh, now I'm going to have to track one down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we, no, we no go on a me this week, though. All right. Well, we go on a search for fire breathing rubber duckies. I, I can see the Grand Animal Thrawn. Uh, he's been quiet, but he does want me to shout out the Tide Defender. So I'll go ahead and do that. Thank you for joining us, Grand Animal Thrawn. Uh, and thank you for everyone who's joined us in chat and, and to Patrick who's uh, joined us today and helped us. With that said, good luck. <laughs>